You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Elections have been rigged for centuries because government is a form of slavery, which is why what the founding fathers of these United States gave us is so revered. They drafted a form of government unlike any other in history a revolutionary form of governance based upon the foundation that all men are created equal and independent, and that all are born with the inherent and inalienable right to the preservation of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. George Washington wrote, If men are to be precluded from offering their sentiments on a matter which may involve the most serious and alarming consequences that can invite the consideration of mankind, Reason is of no use to us. The freedom of speech may be taken away, and dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. Benjamin Franklin wrote, Freedom of speech is a principal pillar of a free government. When this support is taken away, the constitution of a free society is dissolved, and tyranny is erected on its ruins. And this is where we are at today. Our First Amendment states that, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And it has been stripped away from us by tyrants. News host Owen Troyer is being charged with the crime of questioning the results of the 2020 presidential elections the most blatant election fraud in U.S. history, and he did so peacefully, which is his God-given right under the U.S. Constitution. Schroer isn't being charged with conspiracy, incitement, or any actual crime at all. He is being charged for exercising his freedom of speech. The sentencing document goes on for pages, quoting him for saying what Americans on both sides of the crippling two-party system have been saying for over a century. In short, that the government is tyrannical and criminal, which should be obvious to just about everyone at this point. And this is not a crime. It is the first line of defense against tyranny, our freedom to call it out. The document mentions a simple misdemeanor that involves Schroyer being on capital grounds. This was a violation of a court order that resulted from a 2019 arrest when Schroyer stood and protested a House Judiciary Committee meeting. But this is not the crime he is being charged with. The 30-page sentencing document is nothing but hot air being blown by a legal team held on the leash by tyrants who occupy the halls of our government. What Schroyer is actually being charged with is best summarized on page 20 where it states, his statements and actions after January 6 illustrate his complete lack of remorse. To date, despite a number of opportunities he has taken to speak about the election in January 6, he has yet to sincerely demonstrate genuine remorse for his conduct. In other words, he won't shut up about the stolen 2020 election. This is his God-given right. But the criminals who have hijacked we the people's government are letting the rest of us know that those days are over, and we are now their slaves to be experimented on, thrown in jail, and murdered. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. 
folks. That's the latest from Greg Reese covering, of course, the top story from yesterday. Owen Schroyer sentenced to two months in prison. I'm not sure when he'll start that uh, jail time, that, that prison time, but he was on TimCast yesterday, made some powerful points. We'll show you some videos from that, but we have a lot of other stuff to cover as well, including the Biden impeachment, Mexico unveiling aliens, massive invasion at our southern border, as well as all over Europe. Just incredible stuff. We'll be joined in the second hour of today's program by Keith Woods, who helped lead the hashtag ban the ADL campaign on Twitter. We'll talk to him about keeping that energy alive and actually making some tangible gains against that singularly powerful and illegitimate organization. Lots of stuff to talk about today. Stay with us. Smith is American Journal, Infowars.com, band.video. Share those links, folks. Lots of videos to show you today. 26 on my list. Get to maybe half of them. It's Wednesday, September 13th, the year of our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow All right, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the American Journal. I am your host, Harrison okay, Smith, Infowars.com, band.video. So we go to share these links. There's lots to discuss today. Lots of videos to show you. We'll, of course, be talking a little bit about Owen Schroyer's sentencing yesterday and his appearance on TimCast. We'll show you some clips from that. A lot of other stuff to talk about as well, especially the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. We'll, sh- we'll show you Kevin McCarthy's statements and statements from the Democrats. And we'll go back in time and look at the first Trump impeachment, do a little compare and contrast to the way in which the Democrats defend each other and the Republicans are quick to throw each other under the bus. Really is a a lesson in governance. So let's just get right into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Wednesday, the 13th of September, 2023. CIA tried to pay off analysts to bury findings that COVID lab leak was likely. The Central Intelligence Agency offered to pay off analysts in order to bury the findings that COVID-19 most likely leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China, a new whistleblower as testified to Congress, a senior-level CIA officer told House committee leaders that his agency tried to pay off six analysts who found that SARS-CoV-2 likely originated from a Wuhan lab if they changed their position and said the virus jumped from animals to humans, according to a letter sent Tuesday to CIA Director William Burns. According to the whistleblower, at the end of its review, six of the seven members of the team believed the intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low-confidence assessment that COVID-19 originated from a laboratory in Wuhan, China, the House panel chairman wrote. The seventh member of the team, who also happened to be the most senior, was the lone officer to believe that COVID-19 originated through zoonosis. As jumping from animals to humans. The whistleblower further contends that to come to the eventual public determination of uncertainty, the other six members were given significant monetary incentive to change their position, they said, noting that the analysts were, quote, experienced officers with significant scientific experience, uh, ex- uh, expertise, rather. Winstrup and Turner also asked for documents and communication between the CIA and other, other federal agencies, including the State Department, the FBI, the Department of Health and Human Services, and the Energy Department. 
Uh, but, you know, this is this is not uh, surprising. It is actually to be expected, as after all, the CIA was working with Peter Daszak and EcoHealth Alliance to create COVID-19. The heads of the CIA were instrumental in organizing Event 201, the tabletop exercise they held to program the government's responses to COVID around the world. Avril Haines actually presided over Event 201 and was a you know, main manager and, and coordinator of that event. She, of course, is now the director of national intelligence. That is the head of the head of the intelligence apparatus, the organizing superstructure that governs all of the various intelligence agencies. So COVID-19 was an intelligence operation from the beginning, and it's not a surprise that the CIA would bribe scientists to – in fact, that's one of the things they actually talked about doing and, and practiced doing in Event 201. So again, not a surprise, not unexpected. It is nice to see whistleblowers telling the truth about this. Meanwhile, our next story here in your Daily Dispatch is one we covered quite a bit yesterday, but it's new as of this show. InfoWars host Owen Schroyer sentenced to 60 days in January 6th case. From NBC News, the conspiracy theorist was with Alex Jones on the ground of the Capitol. Alex Jones, who are now calling Person One, Person One on the Capitol on January 6th, but never entered the building and, in fact, used his influence and popularity with the crowd that day to stop people from going in. He should be awarded a medal. He will be appealing this decision, and he'll, he's uh, out on parole, I guess, or whatever you call it. He's out until they can appeal it. And it really is, uh, it really is incredible. Not credible. We'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later, but we covered it sort of ad nauseum yesterday. So I think we all have the pertinent information, but we will show you some clips from the, the Tim cast appearance from Owen a little bit later. Meanwhile, interesting story here. France orders Apple iPhone 12 sales halted over radiation. French regulators on Tuesday ordered Apple to halt sales of the iPhone 12 for emitting too much electromagnetic radiation electromagnetic radiation, and to fix existing handsets. The French agency that regulates radio frequencies, the AFNR, said testing found that the model admits more electromagnetic waves susceptible to be absorbed by the body than permitted. The AFNR said it, quote, ordered Apple to remove iPhone 12 from the French market from September 12th due to the model exceeding the limit for electromagnetic absorption by the body. Said accredited labs found absorption of electromagnetic energy by the body at 5.7 watts per kilogram during tests, simulating when the phone was being held in the hand or kept in the pocket. The European standard is a specific absorption rate of 4.0 watts per kilogram in such tests. Yeah, pretty concerning, especially since the iPhone 12 is the iPhone that came out several years ago. This is one of those things that, as sort of liberal and globalist and socialist and lazy and stupid as Europe is a lot of the time. I was going to say no offense, but you, that's, you can be offended. That's fine. Uh, offense, offense intended Europeans. No, as much as they are just backwards on so many things, they do still have some modicum of sense when it comes to health. Like the food is better there. It's healthier. It's not bogged down in seed, seed oils and they actually 
have things like government agencies that regulate how much radiation is being pumped into your body. Of course, that's not going to stop them from erecting 5G telephone poles every 50 meters, but it is something that we could do a little bit better here in America. Uh, meanwhile, Mexico UAP slash UFO hearing has occurred. Uh, Mexican, uh, Mexican Congress had a hearing where they displayed supposed alien mummies. They were apparently recovered in Peru in a diatom mine. They're found in 2017 between Palpa and Nazca. They're apparently not part of our terrestrial evolution, carbon dated at approximately 1,000 years old. They're not mummies. Apparently the bodies are intact. And they claim this is totally real. It looks fake to me. I don't know. Looks a little bit super fake to me. So I'm not exactly buying it. But they're treating it as as real. And uh, you know maybe this is like take two. I mean, they tried to do the whole UFO acknowledgement thing in this country. Hearings where they had supposed whistleblowers talking about alien crafts, and nobody cared. So they're like, all right, let's do it like a like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Let's do a Mexican revelation of the mummies in Congress, and that will really get people going. Yeah, I'm not falling for it, really. I don't buy it. I don't think it's real. I saw somebody on Twitter just saying, uh, yeah, those are sloths. Yeah, we're looking at sloths here. I don't know if it's sloths, but it... Uh, Seems totally fake. But I don't, maybe it's real. Maybe there are tiny little cute little aliens living in Peru for the last thousand years. Maybe it's true. Who's to say? Who's to say? Well, we'll show you the video a little bit later. Uh, meanwhile, we have this. Russia's Navy port at Sevastopol on fire after massive Ukraine missile attack. In the overnight and morning hours of Wednesday, a major attack has ensued on Russia's key Black Sea naval port of Sevastopol. Multiple social media videos emerged showing massive blazes at the Sevastopol shipyard with possible deaths and at least 24 people being reported injured. This, of course, was the same uh, naval base that uh, Elon Musk refused to help, uh, you know, allow them to use Starlink to attack. Yes, it is another uh, escalation in the totally unwinnable but persistent ukraine war which they now have announced that they are funding or willing and ready to fund through 2032 so don't worry folks it's just the beginning of this conflagration finally we have this speaker mccarthy orders impeachment inquiry into joe biden yeah about time about time course comes after matt gates uh, put pressure on mccarthy to actually live up to the promises he made in the battle for uh, becoming house speaker we'll cover this in the next segment we have three original one-of-a-kind toothpaste designed by my father a dentist at infowarstore.com that don't have fillers they're filled with high quality essential oils and more we have the turmeric toothpaste we have the ultimate tooth whitening with calcium toothpaste and we have the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste again with a whole bunch of key essential oils that are so good not just for your teeth and your gums but your whole mouth your throat and more these are really game-changing toothpaste they're very very strong most over-the-counter toothpaste have fluoride ours don't and it doesn't have fillers in it it is just chock full of incredible things that god gave us through mother nature so it's now back in stock it became a bestseller 
The turmeric toothpaste is available again at InfoWorksStore.com. We're selling out of the tooth whitening toothpaste. We've got some of that left. And we also have some of the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste in stock, but it's running out as well. So all three toothpastes in stock for a limited time, InfoWorksStore.com. Omega-3 fatty acids are needed for optimal strength, and they can only be obtained through diet. They can be found in grass-fed beef, which is why the ruling class is trying to ban it. And they can be found in fish, which are arguably the best source of omega-3s. But the problem today is finding fish without a high mercury content. Your best option is our ultimate fish oil and ultimate krill oil at InfoWarsStore.com. Omega-3 fatty acids are essential for both our neurological and cardiovascular systems, our brain and our heart. They improve mood, mental clarity, and immune function. Get your essential omega-3 fatty acids from the best sources available, ultimate fish oil and ultimate krill oil. Get some today at InfoWarsStore.com. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the American Journal, Infowars.com, band.video. We'll be joined in the next hour by Keith Woods. And then we're doing the same thing as yesterday. Once again, I want to say InfoWars is infested. I'll be polite. Once again, we're we're having troubles. Not of our own making, but being inflicted upon us. And once again, I will be hosting the first hour of The Alex Jones Show. Chase Geyser will be sitting in for me the last hour of this show, probably taking your phone calls once again. So there it is. So that's what we got. And, of course, we're not going to um, talk too much about what's going on with Owen today as there's not too much new news about that. But maybe we will go to... This clip here, this is clip 18. Here's Owen Schroyer on Tim Cash yesterday. I, I suggest you go watch the whole episode if you have time. Uh, Tim Cash, of course, Tim Pool's live stream show. He had Owen Schroyer on yesterday. And uh, Owen totally killed it. Very impressive stuff. And uh, again, go watch the whole show if you have time. It really is worth it. But we'll go to a clip here now. This is clip number 18. Here's Owen Schroyer on Tim Cast. We see where the, the financial elite, the global elite, believe that they have the moral high ground and it's their duty to tell us how to live. And what's, 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 what's really frustrating, and I'm not a big historian, but I had, I, you know, I've had people reach out to me and, and, and veterans and people and they say, Owen, in, in my day, we used to invade countries for what they're doing to you. We used to go into banana republics. And, and we would shut that down and we would try to restore a constitutional republic. And so what what or, or, or maybe even form a democracy as they would at least used to claim. And so what's frustrating is that we went through an entire century of testing this methodology. Right. What works better, communism 
or free market capitalism. Look at what was built in the West versus the fall of Russia, right? Or if you want to maybe a better example, look at North Korea compared to South Korea. Well, now it's like we have to learn the lessons of the 20th century all over again? Yeah. Just a, a, a small little snippet there, but yeah, he absolutely killed it. And you can go to Infowars.com to, to find that video. And just on that, on that note, before we move on to the impeachment stuff, I think, there, I think that things get lost when you talk about communism versus capitalism because nobody, nobody was fighting for capitalism during the Cold War. Capitalism was an aspect. It was the economic system that came along with freedom, but it was freedom. It was God. It was a belief in something higher. It was a love of humanity that people were fighting for. It was during the Cold War that we put in God we trust on our money to differentiate ourselves from the atheistic communist. And if you were to ask people you know, back then – they want if they wanted to go fight Russia, you say, "What are you fighting for?" They wouldn't say the dollar. They wouldn't say capitalism, right? It was God, freedom. It was the things that the communists targeted and destroyed through their economic system. Capitalism is just the economic system of freedom. It's just the fair way to do things when you actually value free choice, free enterprise, you know, individual responsibility. So I just I, I always think that gets confused when people talk about you know why communism bad. I don't think it's bad necessarily because it's a bad economic system. There is that the economic system is simply an addendum. It's it's an add on. It's a it comes along with the territory of an ideology of inhuman slavery, of mass manipulation, coercion, collectivism, and atheism. These are the bad things that we're fighting against. It just so happens that capitalism is. What comes about when you leave people alone to make their own decisions? And that's really what we're, what we're facing here because boy, oh boy, are we entering a just a bizarro twilight zone world where everything is backwards. And I'm, I'm just – I'm realizing it more and more that like we, we have to move beyond the discovery phase about it like a trial all of the evidence has been presented whether it's for biden's corruption or just the overall and even the biden even the biden corruption you have to understand how thorough this is and how i'm not even sure this impeachment is going to matter because when you look at what has occurred with biden and hunter biden and the cover-ups it's i mean we really have reached critical mass in that it's not one powerful kingpin joe biden is not the top of the heap ordering everybody to do things they're all sort of acting independently they're all playing their part so you've got hunter biden being the bag man for joe biden collecting payment being the vessel through which joe biden launders his ill-gotten gain it's not up for debate it's not questionable and of course, the talking point is the inversion of truth, the, the talking point that all the Democrats are running with, like NPCs, like, like ants, like all being ordered and being like chemically compelled to all say the same thing. They all say no evidence. There's no evidence. This evidence-free indictment, this evidence-free impeachment, there's no evidence, no evidence, no evidence. The reality is that there 
I mean, it's not even questionable. It's not even like up for debate. The man is on camera bragging about what he did. He took money from foreign powers. He changed American policy because he took that money from the foreign powers. Like it's not complicated. It's not hard. It's not speculative. He admitted it on camera in front of everybody. We know all of this. So, I mean, it's so absurd for them to claim that there's no evidence, but then you think about all of the evidence that's contained in the Hunter Biden laptop. Then you think about the 51 intelligence agents who lied and wrote a completely false statement, signed their name to it, put it out on the media claiming that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Is that a crime? I mean, I don't I, it's it's certainly shameful. It probably should be a crime if you've got the intelligence agencies signing their name to a complete falsehood i mean if they're if they were under oath it'd be perjury there's some sort of perjurious activity going on there but i don't think it was joe biden you know threatening these guys or or manipulating these guys into doing it i don't think these guys were fooled by anybody they know exactly what they're doing and so just like the clintons the bidens are not necessarily kingpins of a criminal enterprise they are cogs in a machine and when you want to impeach joe biden and you really start looking at the crimes that he was involved in you really start looking at what was going on in ukraine in 2014 and 2015 and 2016 you know all the way up until trump got elected you look at the way that it was the state department and you've got hunter biden in there but you also have john Kerry's family you've got mitt romney's family the pelosi's are in there doing the same thing this is not a impeach one man solve the problem thing this is a systemic corruption that we have to root out. Impeachment of Joe Biden is a good start, but when you really look at the full-scale rot that is taking hold of the American government, it's not going to stop with Joe Biden. It's not Joe Biden, folks. It's all of them. Joe Biden's just a pawn. The most powerful InfoWars life formula yet. DNA Force Plus is now back in stock for 25% off while supplies last. This elite formula contains the most cutting-edge enzymes, potent antioxidants, and traditional naturally occurring ingredients to protect the vitality of your very DNA. The powerhouse ingredients in DNA Force Plus include QQQ, CoQ10, organic reishi mushroom, astrologous roots, rhodiola root, and an array of even more incredible antioxidants and extracts carefully chosen to help support healthy heart function while promoting energy production down to the cellular level provide your cells and dna with the protection they need and try a bottle of dna force plus today for 25 percent off or for an additional 10 percent off grab the combo pack with dna force plus and body soul support these offers and so much more are only available at infowarsstore.com Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Right, folks, welcome back. You know, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm not going to talk about the impeachment. I think, you know hear about the impeachment go go watch fox news or something i guess uh, the only thing i'll say is that just compare the democrats response to this to the republicans response when they first launched the impeachment on donald trump 
We have a video of uh, Hakeem Jeffries. We'll, we'll go to clip number five here. This is the way that uh, the Democrats are responding to the uh, impeachment of Joe Biden, uh, rampant criminal. Here's uh, Hakeem Jeffries, moron. House Democrats will defend President Biden today. We will defend President Biden tomorrow. We will defend President Biden next week. We will defend President Biden next month. We will defend President Biden next year. We will defend President Biden until the very end. Yeah, we know. We know. You're unscrupulous. You are loyal to a fault. You are uninterested in the proper function of government. And you will defend even people you know are criminals if you think it gives you power. We understand. We understand. And once again, I mean, it's just the, it's the same thing as as we talk about in everything where it's not that, you know, Trump did something and, and got impeached and Biden did something and got impeached. But, you know, Republicans don't defend Trump. It, Trump didn't do anything. Trump actually was investigating the thing that Biden is now being impeached for. Right. He was calling Ukraine to try to get to the bottom of why billions of dollars of American welfare was withheld from ukraine in order to put pressure on a prosecutor that was investigating a company that biden's family had a large stake in he was investigating that when he was impeached so just no underlying crime at all nothing to actually impeach him for all completely fabricated whereas joe biden has a litany of crimes he's been engaged in for the last several years look at that waddle I'm telling you, we're being ruled by cartoon characters. When you look at the Democratic Party, is it not the biggest freak show on earth? You, I mean, they're all, every single one of them is like some sort of bad caricature of a human being. They're all like Beavis and Butthead or like Rin and Stimpy characters, honestly. Jerry Nadler, the 400-pound ogre goblin thing. Adam Schiff, the pencil-necked, little balloon-headed scumbag. I mean, every single one of them. You've got the Democrat from, you know, John Fetterman is just this, like, hulking ogre that's, like, mentally retarded. And AOC, who's was literally a waitress that actually auditioned to for some shady cabal that was like, we've got, we've identified through our algorithms a Congress seat we can capture through manipulation of racial politics let's audition for sexy women to take this role and she just like i mean she's gotten better now at at pretending she knows what the hell she's talking about in the beginning of her tenure as a a congresswoman she'd go on interviews and ask they'd ask her questions she'd be like i haven't been told that answer yet i have to go back and ask my people before i answer that question literal cutout puppet person Joe Biden just literally can't string three words together. He's the biggest embarrassment you can ever possibly imagine. Nancy Pelosi is walking around like some sort of doll that's been left out in the sun too long. Dianne Feinstein literally cannot handle her own household affairs but refuses to give up her seat. Pelosi is uh, running for re-election, by the way. Chuck Schumer is just like – he's just a literal vampire walking around just like i mean it these people this absolute circus clown car 
of incompetence and and criminality. It's I mean it is shocking. And look, Mitch McConnell is is an old turtle anyway. Like you've got Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, who like nobody on the real right wing actually likes. They just are like embedded. They just have power that's like you can't tear away from them. So everybody in Congress is afraid to talk about them. And you have Kevin McCarthy, who's just a, a limp-wristed you know weirdo. But it's nothing compared to these Democrats, man. It really is nothing compared to the sheer unrelenting freakishness of the Democratic Party. And I, the only reason I bring this up is because, like, I was talking to a, a family member recently where they were saying – they were talking about George Santos, who it's like, who the hell is – who cares about George Santos? George Santos is no – he's a freshman congressman. And they're like, well, you know, we were Republicans, but then everything with George Santos, it's like, well, you can't trust either side. Both sides are liars. And it's like, okay, you have one freshman congressman who, like, lied about going – about where he went to school. And nobody supported him. Nobody had his back. Like, the mainstream Republican Party has completely cut him out. They can't just get rid of him. Like, you can't just – kick somebody out of office if people voted for him that was their responsibility to double check his resume if they didn't and voted for him anyway there's nothing the other congressman can do there's no function of kicking a member of congress out because other congressmen don't like him because they figured out he lied in his campaign but then you but so it's like but this is the way the media works and this is like the power of the media is that somehow they play it up in the public view that like this one dude george santos lying about where he went to school and jobs that he had as a freshman congressman with no institutional support, whatever. That's equal to just the endless raft of lies that Joe Biden himself said on the campaign trail. I mean, can you even, when you talk about the Biden impeachment, can you even remember the number of lies that Joe Biden told about not being in contact with Hunter Biden, not knowing anything about his business work, not getting any money from the Russians, just lie after lie after lie. George Santos can make up – he could he could say that he's the shark from Jaws. Like it doesn't matter what he lied. It will never come up to the lies that the president has told, let alone everybody else in the Democratic uh, Party. So as much as like you don't want to play into the, the two-party paradigm, it's completely insane to me that people – take anything the Democrats say seriously whatsoever when they come out and say stuff like that, like Hakeem Jeffries, just just being like, we don't care. We don't care and we will continue. Because then you look back at what the uh, Republicans were saying. This was September 24th, 2019, when they launched the first impeachment against Donald Trump for daring to ask about the corrupt activities of the previous administration. McConnell says, Senate will find out what happened on whistleblower complaint. They're just like, yeah, well, you know, we have to have a responsible, rather apolitical or at least bipartisan probe of the matter. They, they wanted a bipartisan probe. They wanted to help the Democrats probe this matter when it was completely fake, totally fraudulent, out of thin air, a defensive move to stop Donald Trump from looking into the corrupt activities in Ukraine, a defensive move that may very well have led to the massive and unrelenting war that we're now facing. Would have been nice to have some backbone back then when there was no evidence, when there was no crime, when it was a completely fraudulent impeachment brought about by people who had an endless lust for getting rid of Donald Trump and were willing to act on absolutely any completely fabricated evidence to bring that about. I mean, where was the solidarity back then? Where was anybody in a position of power in the Republicans saying, 
yeah, this is total BS. This is obvious. This is a dog and pony show. This is a witch hunt. We're not going to do it. Instead, it was Donald Trump on his own while Mitch McConnell and the Republicans were cooperating with the Democrats to bring him down. Then you bring crime. You bring impeachment charges against Joe Biden for the just litany, just just years upon years, the just endless evidence from Devin Archer and Tony Bobulinski and Victor Shokin and the phone calls that were recorded and the emails that were recovered and the payments that were paid and the $83,000 a month and the bragging about it on camera in front of the CFR saying, this is what I did. I withheld a billion dollars. I got this guy fired. A guy, by the way, who nobody had claimed was corrupt ever. And the Ukraine hadn't had any complaints against him. Nobody else in Europe had ever filed any complaints to claim that Shokin was in some way worthy of being kicked out of office, but he got kicked out of office. Why? Because Joe Biden took bribes to change the policy of the American uh, institution. And then following all of this was the cover-up upon cover-up upon cover-up, were the uh, lies by the CIA and the intelligence agency writing the letter calling Hunter Biden's laptop Russian disinformation, covering it all up. I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. And then they say there's no evidence. And then they say that they're going to support him no matter what till the end this year, next decade, next century. We will defend him forever, regardless of the overwhelming evidence. And then when it comes to Trump, it's uh, we must uh, we must participate with the Democrats to make sure this probe is bipartisan. And we just we wonder why we lose separately. We got some really, 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 really good news because it's a great product you love and people want it. And it funds our operation of 360 win. Bodies, ultimate turmeric formula, the strongest you're going to find anywhere. Jam-packed, a big old giant bottle of stuff that destroys inflammation, that empowers your neurological system. You name it. I mean, it's just so amazing. God gave it to us, and it's the strongest humanoid out there. Other leading brands are like 70% humanoid. Uh, Most brands are 5% Humidin, and, and, and that still does a great thing for you. This is the strongest anybody makes. 95% 95% curcuminoid. I am so glad this is back. I have been out of this myself for months. We've been sold out of this for almost seven months. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. Back in stock, 25% off. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back. This is American Journal, InfoWars.com. InfoWarsStore.com is where you go to support everything that we do here. DNA Force Plus is still 25% off. 
Of course, you can donate to Alex's legal fund at defendjones.com. But InfoWarsStore.com is the best place to go to support us, not just for us, but for you as well, as we have fantastic products like DNA Force Plus, incredibly powerful supplement, 25% off, massive discount on that, as well as Brain Force Plus, the nootropic, really uh, impactful energy supplement, as well as Bodies, great turmeric, 95% curcuminoid, relief supplement, Bodies, 25% off and so much more. And we'll do it. We'll get into it. Let's just take a look at what it was unveiled yesterday in Mexico. Aliens? Aliens unveiled in Mexico? Don't tell the Biden administration. They'll start sending checks. They'll start you thought you thought New York was bad right now with a bunch of Nicaraguans hanging out on the sidewalk. Just wait till there's little green men running around everywhere taking up hotel space. So we'll go to these videos. Uh, story of Sky News. 1,000-year-old alien corpses displayed in glass cases in Mexico. A journalist and UFO enthusiast spearheaded the event and testified under oath and told politicians in Mexico about the estimated age of mummified specimens and the techniques used by scientists to examine them. You see the picture of the cute little guy. It just doesn't look real to me. I don't know. It's just... uh, my initial instinct is to say this looks like a bad fake. Looks like a bad fakery to me. They are alleged non-human alien corpses shown to uh, Mexican politicians. And I'll say it again. I mean, it really does look like they tried to drum up the whole UFO fear factor psyop like a month ago with the congressional hearings. And it just didn't work. It didn't take. They didn't get the fish on the hook. So now they're trying again, and they're making it more like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. That's really what, I mean, it reminded me of signs more than anything else. Mexico City event spearheaded by journalist UFO researcher Jamie Mousen, who testified under oath that almost a third of their DNA is, quote, unknown, and the specimen were not a part of, quote, our terrestrial evolution, Mexican media reported. These specimens are not a part of our evolutionary history on Earth, he said in his presentation to Mexican government officials and representatives from the U.S. They are not beings recovered from a UFO crash. Instead, they were found in a diatom or algae mines. Algae mines? What the hell is that? And subsequently became fossilized. So they weren't, they're not mummies. They're fossils, I guess. He said scientists used radiocarbon dating to gather DNA evidence, and x-rays had shown one to have eggs inside of it. Okay, let's go to clip number two here. Alleged non-human alien corpses shown during a public hearing in Mexico's Congress. Here's what happened yesterday. He says there are beings, non-human, that are not part of our terrestrial evolution and that after disappearing, we do not. There is a subsequent evolution according to the university. The National Autonomous Government of Mexico, who carried out the analysis, the carbon, carbon, uh, carbon 14, these beings are around 1,000 years old. Of antiquity, that is, they are not beings that were recovered in birds that are crashes. What the heck is this 
sino son there are beings that were buried in mines of diatoms, diatomaceous earth. Diatom is a bug, fertilized with 17 million ancient phytoplankton, which was abundant at that time when it disappeared, it became possible. This is gibberish. That was pure gibberish. Clip 16 is them uh, unboxing the aliens. We can go to that now. Alien unboxing on Mexican YouTube. You know, again, we're in this weird, I mean, if this was like the 90s or something, this would be the biggest thing ever. It's this weird stage that we're in right now where like, you go on Twitter there's a post about this. Every other post is about these little aliens. Look how tiny that little guy is. Yeah, yeah, it looks like signs. I'm telling you. But it's so weird. You go to Twitter, every other post is about this. Every other post is one of these videos or a hot take about this. Then... Uh, you go on like news sites and there's not a single word. There's not a single word. Google News has nothing about this. No news site has anything about this. You have to search it out yourself and Sky News reports on it and a few other places. Yeah, just, I mean, it looks like a Hollywood production. They also apparently released UFO footage, clip number 24. UFO footage that the Mexican government released today. It's clip number four. Let's watch that. Okay, you see lights in the sky. This was the uh, 12th of September. What are the odds? What are the odds that you find mummified alien bodies in a mine in Cusco, in Peru, on the same day you have uh, UFOs spotted? By the way, when you're that far away from a light source and you're zooming in like that, it, the distortion comes from the digital uh, frame capture that's happening. It's, it, it doesn't actually look like that. It's just the way that the uh, lens takes in the light that gives it that that weird look. Like if you zoom in on a street light from that far, it has that same sort of wavy, undulating kind of style. For our radio listeners, it's just it's just they're zooming in on a light in the sky. Thrilling stuff, really incredible. I guess we have to have a global government now. I guess now we have to surrender our sovereignty to a global government because the aliens probably say so. It's a very weird situation to be in where just nobody cares. Nobody cares about this. We think they're lies. I think they're lies. I don't think uh, these are real aliens. I don't think they're real at all. And you can see lots of different pictures about this. Or from this, you can see that, you know, there's one where it's like an x-ray and it looks like it has eggs in it. It's like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. It's not, it's not what it looks like when you x-ray things that actually give birth through eggs. Ryan Graves, a former U.S. Navy pilot who in July claimed the number of UFOs or UAPs, unidentified anomalous phenomena, was being grossly under, underreported. He was also in attendance. So that was the same, uh. Got from yesterday. I don't know. Maybe uh, I won't be here in the third hour. Maybe Chase can take your calls and uh, maybe you can tell him <laughs> what you think about all this. I think it's all total nonsense. But, you know, we might as well cover it because no one else is. 
And I just think uh, we have a lot, I think we have a lot of stuff here on Earth to worry about. I don't think I don't think I'll ever buy that we have uh, aliens visiting us here on Earth. I think we have demons. I think we have spiritual creatures, maybe in a form uh, dimensionally affecting us. But I don't think that they uh, were exploring diatomaceous earth mines in Peru and uh, got trapped. None of it makes any sense, quite frankly. But that's a big story today, so I felt like we should cover it. <laughs> I felt like we have to cover it. Uh, before we, we move on, or we are moving on now, before we welcome uh, Keith Woods, I want to go to this video, clip number 25, because a lot of stuff's going on in Ukraine right now. Navy's, uh, Russia's Navy naval port at Sevastopol is on fire after a massive Ukraine missile attack. This is the same port and naval uh, base that Ukraine wanted to attack via Starlink, and Elon Musk refused to allow them to do so. But opposing Ukraine is not going to be allowed under the New World Order program. And luckily, they've brought a transvestite out to threaten us about this. Let's go now to clip number 25. Ukraine is apparently going to hunt down Russian propagandists around the world. Let's watch. Russia hates the truth that their obsessive focus on a Ukrainian volunteer is simply allowing the light of the Ukrainian nation's honesty to shine brightly. Don't you love... The teeth of the Russian devils will gnash ever harder, and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. And this puppet of Putin is only the first. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down, and justice will be served as we in Ukraine are led on this mission by faith in God, liberty, and complete liberation. Come and get me, bro. Come and get me. Who's he talking about there? He's talking about, is that a threat to Tucker Carlson? I mean, if you disagree with them, you're a Russian propagandist. So thanks to the uh, man in a wig and a dress telling me about the truth. The most powerful InfoWars life formula yet. DNA Force Plus is now back in stock for 25% off while supplies last. This elite formula contains the most cutting-edge enzymes, potent antioxidants, and traditional naturally occurring ingredients to protect the vitality of your very DNA. The powerhouse ingredients in DNA Force Plus include QQQ, CoQ10, organic reishi mushroom, astrologous roots, rhodiola root, and an array of even more incredible antioxidants and extracts carefully chosen to help support healthy heart function while promoting energy production down to the cellular level provide your cells and dna with the protection they need and try a bottle of dna force plus today for 25 percent off or for an additional 10 percent off grab the combo pack with dna force plus and body's whole support these offers and so much more are only available at infowarsstore.com You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. Second hour of American Journal has begun. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. My guest is Keith Woods. 
He is a writer and a political commentator. He's been putting out video essays on his YouTube at Keith Woods for over four years now and has recently started putting out written work on his Substack this year. He also hosts a podcast called Understanding Platonism, and that can be found on Spotify as well as other streaming platforms. Keith can be found on X, formerly Twitter, at KeithWoodsYT, uh, Twitter, KeithWoodsYT, on YouTube, at Keith Woods, and his Substack is KeithWoodsYT. Pub. Thank you so much for joining us once again, Mr. Woods. It's great to be here as always, Harrison. Well, I, I had to get you on because you were really one of, if not the leading voice pushing the hashtag ban the ADL movement. I mean, I don't want to call it a trend. I mean, this really took over Twitter for a while and still has a lot of legs. I don't want to let this flame die, this flame this flame of uh, freedom that you've lit. Uh, just tell us about the, the hashtag, what brought this about, why should we ban the ADL? So this started with a, a tweet I did in, in early August where I made a pretty simple case. The ADL is on Twitter and they're using their platform to try and destroy Twitter. Because back in November, actually before Elon Musk officially took over the platform, they called for a huge advertiser boycott, which we've now discovered cost Twitter X 60% of their advertising revenue. Um, so the case for me was pretty simple. You know, the, the terms of service on X are already uh, prohibiting people using the platform to challenge the platform's financial viability. So I said, you know, this organization, uh, they're using their, their platform here to try and destroy Twitter. Twitter should just ban them, ban the ADL. Um, now, at the time, you know, that was kind of a, a throwaway tweet at the start of August. Uh, I had said to a couple of people, you know, maybe in the future we could we could get some some kind of campaign going around this. But this was really brought back into news just uh, the end of August there when this when this really kicked off the 31st of August. And it didn't kick off for no reason. What put it back in the news was uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, the head of the ADL, announced that he'd had a very productive conversation with the, the new CEO of, of X, Linda Yaccarino. And I think there was a general mood of pessimism that, you know, we were quite optimistic last year about Elon's takeover, about his promise of a general amnesty. And it's been very hit and miss since then. You know, the amnesty was never delivered. A lot of prominent figures, Alex Jones isn't back on there, uh, Nick Fuentes, some others haven't been restored. And it just seemed like we were gradually going back to the bad old times. You know, this new CEO was announced. Then she was bringing in Greenblatt and these sort of civil rights leaders. Uh, and so a lot of people started posting things, kind of exposing the ADL. And Elon was interacting with some of this. And so I responded to Elon and I, I pointed back to my original tweet from early August. And I said, hey, this is an anti-wide, anti-free speech organization. They're holding you to ransom. Kick them off. Let's ban the ADL. And this got a, a way bigger response than I expected. It was, it was you know, people across the political spectrum. Um, and you just realize that, you know, the ADL, all of these years, they've, they've extended this definition of extremists and hate speech and anti-Semitism. And it's like at a certain point, They've got everyone like that's outside of, of the kind of left wing consensus. They've got uh, libs of TikTok and Matt Walsh and all these people labeled extremists. And it's like they threw so many people under the bus. That's like at a certain point, there's enough people that they can kind of pick the bus up and, and throw it back, you know. <laughs> right. So this really exploded. It was number one trend worldwide within hours. There was 100,000 posts under the tag in under 24 hours. I think after a few days, but there was over 300,000 posts. It got so big that Elon Musk had to acknowledge it. And it really kicked off this conversation that I think is ongoing about the role of, of this organization and other activist organizations like it. 
And the question of who decides, who decides what is acceptable in the public square? Is it going to be the laws of, of, of the countries, as, as Elon said should be the case when he took over? Or is it going to be a private citizen like Jonathan Greenblatt, who has appointed himself the arbiter yes. and has the power to enforce that because he has all this financial leverage? Yeah, That's exactly. we need to have. Oh my gosh, we, we, we are really, we're going to get into all of this. That was a great little breakdown. Uh, I think maybe we'll start off because Elon Musk actually commented about this yesterday. So maybe we'll start with his comment on that and we'll get into how we take hashtag ban the ADL to the next level and get them off, not just off Twitter, but maybe. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, folks. If there's one organization in America that has power that it has not earned, has accrued for itself influence that it wields against the American people, it's the ADL and I think they should be banned from the country, but banned from Twitter is a a good start. Uh, But we're going to get into it with Keith Woods. He is my guest, writer and political commentator. You can follow him on YouTube at Keith Woods, on Twitter at Keith Woods YT, and his substack is Keith Woods Pub, Keith Woods P-U-B. And, uh, I mean, there's so many – just what you you brought up uh, in the first five minutes there from – the fact that they exploit companies, they have undue power, they're self-appointed. This Jonathan Greenblatt guy in no way deserves to have the uh, veto power over the public square. And that's not even getting into the way they train every FBI agent and have 150 mayors signed on to their programs. I mean their reach is incredible. Before we go to the video of Elon Musk comment, uh, commenting on the, the hashtag ban the ADL uh, phenomenon that's taken place, just – how do you even – how can you even fathom and how do you try to explain to people the power that ADL has? Because it's, it's really astonishing, isn't it? Yeah, and like you said, it reaches into every area of life. You know, in, in 1993, they discovered that the ADL was, was uh, just in their, in their California headquarters. They discovered that they were spying on thousands of private citizens, hundreds of organizations – I mean, you know, there, there's, like you said, there's a case to be made for just banning it outright as, as a domestic uh, spying operation. But the, the, the reach of their influence in social media has really expanded beyond what anyone would have thought possible a few years ago in, in recent years. And I started with these advertiser boycotts. You know, this is the source of their power. You have all of these civil rights, NGOs, lobby groups. But the ADL, more than any organization, has the power to kind of use its influence over finance and over big companies to force its will on these big tech companies. Um, There's a speech from 2019, this guy, Sasha Baron Cohen, you know, Borat, um, who made 11 out of, uh, you know, uh, making fun of of ethnic stereotypes and so on. But he was he was so riled up over over a discussion of of Jewish people that was happening on social media that he basically called on on the ADL and on civil society organizations to shut down free speech on the internet. And the ADL began this so-called stop hate for profit coalition, which actually Facebook was their first target. You know, it's easy to forget now because Facebook is just so censorious. I think. Most people like us don't even bother with Facebook. Right. But at the time, Zuckerberg did have like some principles on free speech. You know, for example, he was willing to he said that he wanted things like Holocaust denial to be allowed on the platform just on a, on a free speech basis. Um, the ADL announced a boycott in 2020 of 
Facebook. And it was the first real test of the strategy where uh, they got over 300 companies together to boycott Facebook. And over the course of that summer, 2020, um, they actually took off 8% of Facebook's stock price with that boycott. And it forced Mark Zuckerberg and the Facebook CEO to have a sit down with Jonathan Greenblatt and, and change their terms of service. So, you know, you break it down and it effectively works like a mafia organization. You know, they, they do the boycott, they make their threats, and the owners of these big tech companies have to go in and sit down with Greenblatt and listen to his demands. And again, this is a private citizen. The only reason he gets this kind of influence, the only reason he gets to be the arbiter of speech in the Internet is because he has this kind of influence uh, over these financial means of control. Right. Um, but it escalated after Facebook. They pushed heavily for Trump to be banned. They got this stop hate coalition together again. They demanded Trump be banned. They even gave an ultimatum to these platforms. We want him gone by January 20th. The platforms gave in, uh, gave in again. Was enough for Greenblatt. He said they were going to punish these platforms even more unless they made the bans permanent. And then they extended this to Twitter when Elon Musk took over. And like I said, it was very interesting when Musk responded this week because we finally found out the extent of the damage that the ADL did. You know, right. a few of us, me and others, began trying to highlight this and look, they are the ones that pushed this boycott in November. They are the reason that Twitter lost all this advertising revenue. Right. Elon came out and confirmed it was 60 percent. And he also confirmed that the advertisers told Twitter X directly that the main reason for their canceling advertising was because of the ADL. And, and uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, CEO of ADL, has gone on a little interview circuit recently where he's denied this. He said, no, we never did a boycott. Oh, we, we asked them to do a pause. I mean, he's the most weaselly dude you can possibly imagine. Uh, and yeah, they obviously did it. And uh, so let's go to that response now or that statement from Elon Musk. Uh, he was at the All In uh, event. It was called All In, uh, All In Podcast, I guess. And he Skyped in there and he said this about... Uh, the ADL. Let's go now to clip number six here. He says they've been captured by the woke agenda. We'll comment on that on the other side, but here's Elon Musk. Do you want to talk um, about uh, the ADL and you uh, sort of where, what the status of that is, whether you're pursuing a lawsuit or not, or where that stands? Um, I think we'll have to see about that. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is that uh, ADL did initiate a boycott. They don't call it a boycott, they call it a pause. But, you know, pause that is never-ending is a boycott. <laughs> yeah. So, it's the same thing. Um, so and, and, and we just, we saw a massive drop in uh, U.S. advertising. We saw basically no change in advertising in Asia, but domestically with ADL is strong, we saw a uh, 60% drop in advertising. So, you know, that's... Uh, Pretty intense, um, and um, and this is despite you know showing repeated uh, analyses of the system, including third-party analysis of the system, which actually showed that uh, the number of uh, views of hateful content uh, declined. So, you know, the third parties who have all the data analyzed and said actually there's less hate speech. Um, the, the, the issue, I think, with the ADL is not a question of hate speech. It's not a question of anti-Semitism, obviously. Uh, it's that the ADL um, and a lot of other organizations have become activist organizations uh, which are acting far beyond their uh, stated mandate or their original mandate. And, and I think far beyond what donors to those organizations think they are doing. Um, you know, uh, one of the 
things that the AEL was, was extremely opposed to, and in fact was instrumental in, in happening, was that the ADL was instrumental in getting um, Donald Trump deplatformed. Um, and then when we, 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 you know, we restored the account, um, they, they, they made it super clear that they regarded simply restoring his account on you know, Twitter, now X, uh, that, that, that constituted hateful speech. Well, he hasn't even said anything, you know. <laughs> Um, All right, so we can uh, we can go back to this video if we want. It's 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 a little bit longer of a clip, but let's just comment on on what we've heard uh, so far, Keith. When when you heard this, I mean, was this uh, a revelation to you, or did you sort of know? Like, it was just what's your takeaway from hearing Elon Musk uh, go public about this? Well, the biggest revelation was the extent of the loss of revenue from the ADL. Uh, in my original tweet, I did include like a, a graph that showed how much their advertising revenue fell after the advertiser boycott. But Elon did confirm that these advertisers gave the ADL as the main reason, because you know perhaps people tried to to kind of make excuses for the ADL and say, well, these advertisers would have cancelled anyway. You know, as as if the advertisers are super concerned about about hate speech and all this stuff. Um, and he also confirmed that it was sixty percent of advertising revenue, which is obviously massive. Billions but as dollars, far as yeah. the yeah, as far as the banning of 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 Trump, I mean, again, people have been trying to defend the ADL over the course of the week and and saying that the stuff is exaggerated. It's like all of this stuff is on the website. They brag about this. Right. They brag about the success of their stop hate for coalition profit and getting a sitting president of the U.S. banned off all social media, and they include you know in black and white on on their website the thread that this ban has to be permanent or we're going to continue this boycott. So this is all out there. Uh, it's an extortion racket. It's forcing censorship. It's been doing so for years. The only problem is we haven't had the focus on it. We haven't had the awareness. And that's the positive thing about the last couple of weeks is now it's not just this you know, vague censor, uh, censorship agenda. Now people are focusing on, wait, who is actually behind this? Why is this happening? Right. How come the richest man in the world can't even give us free speech? Yeah, who, who, is, this, who, who is this group of people that's more powerful than Twitter, more powerful than Elon, more powerful than the president of the United States? And I mean, I thought I knew about the ADL, but over the last week with hashtag ban the ADL, I've learned about stuff they've been involved in that it blew my socks off. So we'll get into all of that, the response, the way people are trying to cover this up. More on the other side with uh, Mr. Keith Woods at Keith Woods YT on Twitter. Hashtag ban the ADL. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant, and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith and we put our trust we put our destiny in the hands of God, because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe, who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. 
That's why the system hates you and fears you. That's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Ladies and gentlemen, the Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, or as I like to call it, the, uh, what would it be, the S-A-J-O, the Self-Appointed Jewish Overlords, because they're, that's what they are. They're self-appointed, they're a Jewish organization, and they apparently have accrued unto themselves the ability to uh, censor the internet at will. And uh, destroy your company if you oppose them. Nobody ever voted to give them this right. There's no legitimacy in what they do. They're just doing it, and they call you an anti-Semite if you oppose what they're doing, even if you're Jewish. And, of course, uh, you know, a lot of the people they target are Jews. And this is dated all the way back to, you know, the late 80s when they were spying on other Jewish organizations. I mean, they're just – they're a power structure. They're a mafia. That's how they operate. And I want to show you a very interesting clip in just a minute. Before we do that, you brought up the distinction between what they call a boycott and what they're really doing, which is extortion. And this is something I've brought up quite a bit on on my show when talking about the ADL, is a boycott is something from the ground up. It's something like happened with Bud Light, where Bud Light does something and the customers of Bud Light say, you know what? I'm going to buy a different beer today, and that they just do it. And it doesn't even necessarily require organization, but it's a ground-up mass uh, – show of opposition to something that a company's doing. The ADL is not that. That's not what they're doing. They're doing extortion. They're going to the heads of corporations and demanding that they not advertise on platforms. That's not a boycott, is it, Keith? No, and it's just so dishonest. Like you said, you know, Jonathan Greenblatt went on this damage control tour and he said, oh, we're just a small nonprofit. We're just concerned about uh, violence against Jewish people. That's the reason our organization exists. We believe in free speech. It's like, well, what does that have to do with demanding that the president of the U.S. be permanently banned off of all social media? Right. And yeah, he made this outrageous statement that we had nothing to do with uh, with Twitter's loss of advertising revenue. You know, maybe just the, the, the advertisers were concerned about the rise in hate speech. It's like we have the receipts. We have, you know, the screenshots. We have the public statements of the ADL calling for this huge advertiser boycott. And now we have the owner of the platform confirming that the advertisers did confirm that it was the ADL that was the main reason that they dropped the advertisement. So, you know, it's just totally dishonest from Greenblatt. No one is buying this anymore. You know, they have to turn off all the comments on their X page and so on um, because people see what's going on here. Uh, as far as the extortion goes, you know, a, an interviewer who the interviewer was actually Jewish asked them this question. Did you seek any kind of donations for the ADL? Uh, when you were communicating with Twitter. And Jonathan Greenblatt's response was to call that an anti-Semitic trope and to say he couldn't answer that question because it contained an anti-Semitic trope. And of course, Elon went on Twitter and confirmed that actually, yes, Greenblatt did 
seek donations for the ADL while doing this. So, you know, another thing we're discovering from all of this is how quick the ADL is to use these accusations of hate and anti-Semitism to just shut down any criticism of itself. Yeah. And we've seen that a lot of times in the course of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's it's totally self-serving. It's totally exploitative. And one of the interesting, or to me, sort of funny responses to this is in defense of the ADL by saying, well, they've lost their way. They were a good organization, but they've been captured by leftists, and that's the real issue. When you look back at the history of the ADL, and we've covered it extensively, I mean, it was founded to uh, basically cover up a murder and a rape of, uh, what was his name? Leo, Leo Frank in uh, Georgia Leo Frank, yeah. in 1913. He was convicted. Mm-hmm. He was sentenced to death. And then the ADL was basically formed to be a, a mafia of elites to put pressure on, on the governor to get him uh, pardoned. He was never acquitted of this crime. He just was pardoned by you know, his, his uh, powerful friends. And then he was lynched. And, and that's how the ADL was founded. So, I mean, has this ever been a good or has it just lost its way, Keith? No, it's never been a good organization. It's always been uh, an explicit uh, ethnic supremacist lobbyist organization. It was founded to defend Leo Frank because he was a wealthy, connected Jew and wanted to believe he should get off the crime because he was a wealthy, connected Jew. And there's not even a question, again, about his guilt. You know, th- this is another thing that's labeled an anti-Semitic uh, trope now is to just say this guy was guilty. But 13 different courts of appeals, 13 different uh, courts of appeals and judges combined found him guilty. Uh, There was DNA evidence. Uh, There was 20 of his female employees that testified against him that he had sexually assaulted them. Um, There wasn't even a question of his guilt. Uh, But the ADL, you know, through powerful uh, lobbying, has tried to rewrite this history. Leo Frank's own private investigators found him guilty. Even the wealthy connected Jewish businessmen in Atlanta that were funding his defense uh, confided afterwards that they thought he was probably guilty. So there really is no question about this. It's always been uh, a lobby group in this way. As far as the wokeness, I mean, if you want to talk about how woke this organization is, sure, they advocate super left wing policies for uh, Americans and Europeans. And they say it's OK to be white is, is a hate symbol. And they demanded Tucker Carlson be fired. And that was another advertiser boycott yep. simply because he acknowledged replacement migration simply because he acknowledged that Democrats import uh, people from the third world because they tend to vote Democrat. If you want to talk about their wokeness, see how they apply that logic to Israel, right? And Tucker did this himself very excellently, highlighted it on his show, that on their website they say that it's wrong to expect Israel to extend voting rights to Arabs or to allow Arabs to migrate to Israel because it would, quote, subvert Israel's nationalist identity. So the ADL, they're very woke in the U.S., right? They're very woke uh, when it concerns silence and nationalists, silence and conservatives in the West. When it comes to Israel, not so much. They support Zionist policies. They support nationalist policies explicitly. Um, and you begin to see this double standard is, is motivated by their own ethnic supremacy, the people involved. So there's no, there's no uh, consistency here. There's no captured by wokeism. Like you said, it's an ethnic mafia. They have their own interests, and they've never been a, a force for good in any way. Yeah, it's it's really not even that complicated. And and you know the 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 Italians tried this as well. The Italian mafia. I think it was Joe Colombo founded the anti-Italian defamation league. Actually, got sued by the ADL for like copyright and uh, and shut down. And so yeah, it's like look, we're going to point out that this is a mafia 
operating with, you know, ethnic supremacy in mind and wielding the power that they've illegitimately gained to silence their opposition. I mean, it's really not that complicated. And I'm glad that people are talking more openly about this because, as you point out, this isn't just about censorship online. That's a major issue, and they're a primary force behind that. And what they're doing is stakeholder capitalism that the World Economic Forum is spearheading this idea that corporations have a responsibility to use their economic power to get what they want. They did it in Georgia with the voting rights bills uh, in, in 2020 and 2021 after uh, the, the election was stolen. So they uh, – this is all part of like the same globalist operation, uh, the same sort of modus operandi that they have to wield this power against the American people and, and uh, silence everyone. And of course, what they call hate. And you, men- you mentioned the Italian mafia. I mean, they- they've had close ties with the-, the Jewish mafia as well. I mean, it's in the same way it, t- it was set up to defend the honor of Leo Frank because he was a wealthy connected uh, Jew. Mo Dalitz, who was a very prominent Jewish gangster in the 20th century, the ADL actually gave him a, a Torch of Liberty Award in-, in 1982 to celebrate his wonderful achievements to civil society. You know, this right. lifetime gangster, mobster, criminal. So, yeah, it's always been a way for these connected people to kind of launder their reputation, to use it to silence criticism of very powerful, very corrupt people, whether it was Leo Frank, Mo Dalitz. So, yeah, a very sordid, very dark history. And, and it would be one thing if they were just uh, a PR firm, but they are actually training FBI. They're actually providing the stats that our Justice Department uses to target uh, investigations. This is a major, major influence operation. It's totally illegitimate. It has to be destroyed, in my opinion, peacefully, politically. I didn't realize this was back this week. I thought it was next week. I come in this morning. It's back in the warehouse, ready to roll. Body's ultimate turmeric formula. And the first thing I did was pop one of these bad boys. Overhead shot, please. Look how full this bottle is. Right to the top, folks. Right to the top with these 95% curcuminoid. Again, most turmeric formulas are 5%. Some are maybe 10. The other strongest brands are 75%. This is 95%. Super constant. So like taking one pill is like taking 10 of the average pill. It's that powerful. Or more. So they're available at InfoWarsStore.com. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. Sold out for almost eight months. Back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Harrison Smith here, American Journal, InfoWars.com. Remember to go to InfoWarsStore.com to support everything that we do here. That's how we get funding. That's how we fight off the attacks that we're constantly under. And make no mistake, the ADL, not our biggest fans, which is funny because... You know, on one hand, we're called like Mossad agents because we refuse to fall into the paradigm. We refuse to talk bad about the Jews as a group. We don't hate Jews. I love Jews. A lot of my friends are Jews. We've got the best Jews, folks. Uh, but it, it doesn't matter. We're against globalism. We're against 
enslavement of humanity. We're against people utilizing uh, historical trauma or historical racism in order to gain power today that they use to silence people. I mean, this is what the ADL does. And uh, honestly, to, to me, it has nothing to do with, with who they are. We'd be calling them out if a Christian group was doing this. And I hate even having to make that, but I understand that, that people – they do get the wrong idea. They do get the wrong impression when you're talking about the ADL that is an explicitly Jewish organization. They think that's anti-Semitism, and it's not. And so I hate that we're still in a space we have to make that claim. And the way that you know we've put it before is you know imagine talking bad about the KKK and people are like, wow, so you hate white people? It's like, well, I hate the KKK. I don't like them. You know, I don't take from that what you will, I guess. Uh, However, it goes, and I guess, I guess since I mentioned, I mean, what's your what's your take on that, Keith? Because again, I feel like like dirty even having to say, I even mean, having to be like, but I'm not an anti semite. I'm not, but but trust me. But I guess we're still sort of in that in that realm where these words have so much power. That's why these these labels are used to silence people. Yeah, and that's why the ADL makes that have so much power. It's like you know, Elon for the last two weeks and Twitter has been putting out these statements about fighting anti-Semitism on the platform. It's like, well, Jews are a very, very, very small minority of the world and of of ex-users. Why is that specifically such a focus? But yeah, I mean, imagine if there was an Italian uh, mafia that had this kind of control over these platforms through financial manipulation. And they said it was anti-Italian to criticize the Italian mafia. I think we would all see what game was being played there, right? Right. And one thing I've tried to highlight in in recent days and weeks is I don't think people realize how uh, far the definition of anti-Semitism has been extended by the ADL, right? They came out and called Elon Musk anti-Semitic months ago because he criticized George Soros. And I've posted this to my Twitter. On their website, it says that any criticism of George Soros even if it doesn't mention his uh, Jewish ethnic identity, is anti-Semitic because it, you know, it echoes anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about George Soros. Right. They said that a speech that Donald Trump gave where he promised to cast out warmongers, communists and globalists echoed anti-Semitic rhetoric. Right. So when you look at what the ADL includes as anti-Semitism, it's like at a certain point, you can't really say anything. Uh, except, you know, the kind of, of politics that Jonathan Greenblatt approves. Right. Um, one thing I've been highlighting as well is, is this so-called IHRA working definition of anti-Semitism. Now, DADL promotes this globally. It's increasingly being adopted by countries that have hate speech laws, uh, which effectively makes this, this, this kind of speech illegal. But, you know, we again, we talk about the ADL, is it a woke organization, has it been captured by wokeism? This new definition of, of anti-Semitism they're pushing includes criticism of Zionism. It says that if you compare Israeli policies to Nazi Germany, that makes you an anti-Semite. Right. It says if you don't think that uh, explicitly Jewish state should exist, if you're not a Zionist, if you don't believe in the foundation of Israel, that makes you an anti-Semite. Now, can you imagine applying that standard to anyone else? Can you imagine if, if, if you said that anyone who doesn't believe in a German ethno state or a white ethno state in North America, they're anti-white or they're anti-German? Right. Of course, that would mean that the ADL is, is anti-white and anti-German because they say that that nationalism is, is hate. They, they try and deplatform people that advocate for those kinds of things. So they're expanding the definition of anti-Semitism to really include any criticism of Israel, any criticism of the ADL. I mean, they came out straight away and the first statement they made on this is they said Bandy ADL was a movement of white supremacists, conspiracy theorists and Internet trolls. Right. <laughs> 
Now, I, I don't know if you saw, but I mean, I was looking back on, on the early tweets. You were actually, to your credit, you were one of the first person to to promote this. I don't think people would, would typically consider you a, a, a white supremacist. Uh, you know, I would hope not. Some of not. the early adopters. I mean, Laura Loomer was posting this. A guy I follow, Indian Brunson, was one of the first to post it. It was, it was actually a pretty d- diverse group. But, you know, when you're Jonathan Greenblatt, everything looks like a white supremacist, right? Right. But, yeah, it's, it's totally cynical. Um, and it's a way to silence criticism. It's a way to stop a conversation happening it's, uh, about yeah. who rules us and what's the motivations. It's, it's the weapon that they've identified as being effective, and it only works against good people, right? People that aren't hateful are the only ones that will be, you know, affected by being called anti If you're an actually a hateful person, someone calls you, you go, yeah, I am. What are you going to do about it? But it's good people that go, oh, no, I'm, I don't want to hurt anybody. They're the ones who can be cowed down, who can be, like, bullied into submission by calling them bad names. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a sad thing. And, of course, as you point out, uh, you know, Israel – is a, it's a foreign country. So we've got like foreign operatives having control over American speech. Like that's, there's nothing right about that. I don't care what country it is. In this case, it happens to be Israel, but it, again, it wouldn't matter which country it is. You're not allowed to, you know, then label all of us hateful bigots because we don't like the national, uh, government programs of a foreign state. It's, I mean, this should be obvious, but we have to explain this sort of stuff, I guess. And speaking of that, I want to go to this clip. This is a uh, clip number 10. Uh, this was posted on, on Twitter the other day, and you can see it's it's a little bit older, probably from the mid-90s. It's a former Mossad agent explaining how they would shut down criticism and they would uh, take on dissidents in America by invoking B'nai B'rith, which is the, the sort of parent foundation of the ADL. So let's go to this clip. This is a, a former Mossad agent uh, saying how they would use claims of anti-Semitism to silence political opponents. Now, I know what they do because I used to ask them to do it. It's on C-SPAN. When I was in the Mossad and we had a guy that gave us problems in the U.S. and he was speaking out and he was talking like, like Pete talked once and said, Israel is bombing Lebanon with cluster bombs. We say, hey, who's that guy? You know, Pete Makakhi, we used to call him. Yeah, which is Pete the cockroach. Because he makes a lot of noise and you can't get rid of him. So what you do is you get in touch with a guy in, in, the, in the station in New York or in the station in Washington, you say, tell the guys at B'nai to label him. And of course, the campaign starts, and before you know it, the guy's labeled. And he's an anti-Semite, because that's what we say he is. And that's one stain you cannot wash. Now, it shames me as a Jew to tell you that. But that's the fact, and it's wrong. There it is. I mean, it is wrong. It is a foreign state using uh, their influence in America to silence political distance. And this dates back. Uh, New York Times has an article from 1993 uh, talking about the ADL being sued for maintaining a wide ranging network of unlawful surveillance directed at Arab Americans and other supporters of Palestinian rights, opponents of South African apartheid and critics of United States policy in Central America, among others. So I, I don't know if you'd seen that video before, Keith, but what's your take on that? I hadn't actually seen that before. You know, it's interesting how much stuff even I've discovered uh, since this Bandy ADL campaign got going. You know, we were really kind of um, pulling the curtain back on this organization. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, right away, you know, they tried to went digging up every statement or tweet I've ever made. And they found some joke tweet I made about Ben Shapiro videos radicalized me. And then they said I was, you know, a self-declared anti-Semite. And they put that in all their publications. 
One of them was the Times of Israel, and the Times of Israel, its owner, Seth Klerman, donates $3.5 million to the ADL every year. Wow. So it's very easy to see the way, the way this operates. I mean, the first, uh, I think the first sort of mainstream publication to cover Bandy ADL was actually the Rolling Stone. And in their article, they said it was an anti-Semitic trope to say that the ADL uh, exercises any power over censorship. Now, again... <laughs> We can go to their website, the ADL and their public statements say, we got Trump banned, we got Facebook to rewrite their policy, we paused advertising on Twitter. So, you know, if it's an anti-Semitic trope to acknowledge the ADL's own statements, then, you know, I guess we're all anti-Semites, because well, how, are, how are we going to deal with that situation, right? Well, th- th- but that's how it works, though, isn't it? You can say the same things, you can explain the same facts, if you're for it, then it's fine. If you're against it, then you're an anti-Semite. It's the same thing. We can say the same thing. We can say the ADL got Trump kicked off. If you think that's a good thing and you're celebrating the ADL, then good on you. If you say, I don't like that they did this, now you're an anti-Semite and prepare to have your life destroyed. It's totally unfair. It's totally anti-free speech. totally against everything Americans should be for. Uh, final segment with Keith Woods on the other side. Don't go anywhere, folks. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have the communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Bodies is back. The ultimate turmeric product on the market has returned to InfoWarsStore.com and is now 25% off for a limited time. Utilized for thousands of years, turmeric is one of the most studied medicinal herbs today. Hundreds of peer-reviewed scientific articles are published every year on the chemistry and therapeutic potential of turmeric and its active components. Bodies will reduce inflammation throughout the body, help boost and support flexibility, increase mobility, assist in joint function, bolster your immune system, and so much more. Regular turmeric from the store contains about 1-5% to of the active ingredient curcuminoids, but our super powerful extract using bodies contains over 95% of the active ingredients in turmeric. No other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system, so if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test, then look no further. Grab yourself a bottle today for 25% off at M4Store.com and put your body at ease. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this will be our final segment with Keith Woods. You can follow him on Twitter at KeithWoodsYT. You can follow him on YouTube at Keith Woods, and his Substack is Keith Woods P-U-B, Keith Woods Pub. And... Again, there's so much good information on your feed, really on just the hashtag ban the ADL trend that's really dominated Twitter for a while. And here's the thing I'm worried about, Keith. I'm worried that this 
comes and goes and the ADL retains all of its power because clearly this has done a major uh, – this has had a major impact on their reputation. You've got all sorts of – as you pointed out in the last uh, segment, like right-wing Jews – refusing to allow the ADL to speak for them, right, from the libs of TikTok could create a lot, uh, Chaya, what's her name, Chaya Rychik, and even uh, Ben Shapiro is calling him out. I mean, uh, Adam King, you know, Bandot Video is, is like launching a whole like anti-ADL movement trying to get them out. What I don't want is for them to take some damage reputationally and then sort of go quiet and this just, you know, passes by and it's a trend that's forgotten. I want, I really want to see mayors and police departments Break off engagement with this group. They're a, they're a hate group. They are a supremacy group. There's no reason why they should be training our FBI agents or indoctrinating our police into their beliefs. This is absurd. So how do we, how do we take hashtag ban the ADL from Twitter to the real world? How do we, how do we break their power that they've illegitimately gained through their coercive and extortionary tactics over the last decades, how do we make a real impact uh, for free speech in, in a positive way from this? Yeah, I think it's already been a win regardless. You know, some people said, well, if, if they don't actually get banned from the platform, this will be a failure. Look, it was number one trend worldwide. Um, there was over 100,000 tweets. All of the right really united on this issue. Uh, you know, even if they didn't advocate the specific policy of banning them, right, everyone was expressing their opposition to the ADL, whether that was Matt Walsh, Charlie Kirk, Ben Shapiro, and really shone a spotlight on this organization. You know, no one is really defending them now. Um, they always had that position, a kind of a privileged position of of not being in that kind of painted into that corner as a, a partisan left wing group. Right. They had this prestige where they could speak for the whole Jewish community. That was the source of their power. But now increasingly, Jews, they're trying to wash their hands of this, right? It's, it's, the idea is very bad optics, right? Ben Shapiro, Stephen Miller, a lot of right-wing Jews have come out and denounced it. And the problem for the ADL, even if, if they don't get banned or if they don't get bankrupt by Elon Musk's lawsuit, is they're increasingly painted into that corner of it's just another partisan left-wing group and okay maybe they'll run a hit piece on you but you know who really cares it, ju right. it just doesn't carry weight anymore uh it's like okay they think i'm an extremist well they also think uh donald trump is an extremist and everyone who criticizes george soros is is an anti-semitic extremist george soros so the nazi matter. collaborator by the way i just i have to keep emphasizing that like the dude literally has done interviews where he's like oh, when i was putting jews on trains it was the best time of my life like it's just it's so crazy to me that it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I, I, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's just the craziest part. You criticize a literal Nazi collaborator and you're an anti-Semite. I just I want to make that clear for people who don't know that little, little fact about George Soros. I'm sorry to interrupt, Keith. Yeah, so I mean, wh whatever whatever happens from here, I think they've lost a huge source of their prestige and credibility, which was that they 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 spoke for for the organized Jewish community. Um, and I think it's going to be hard to recover from there. Also, there's going to be a spotlight now. You know, when the next time Jonathan Greenblatt has a meeting with the Twitter CEO, the next time they're pushing for uh, more stringent hate speech uh, uh, legislation or policies on these websites, um, the right has a target now. You know, we're not just going to be, it's not going to be a few people in, in the corners of social media pointing out that this is going on. Everyone is focused on Greenblatt. They're focused on the ADL. And we have something to oppose. 
Now, it's very difficult in terms of you look at what they can muster uh, with these companies and that they can just wipe off billions in advertising revenue. That's something that's much harder to oppose just with uh, knowledge, just with the spotlight being shone on the organization. You know, th those are connections and influence that have been built up over decades. But I think one thing that's been positive, you know, the Bud Light boycott was, was positive. I think you're starting to see people on the right realizing the past couple of years the left isn't playing around uh, and organizations like the ADL aren't playing around. And, you know, whatever principles you may have about consumer choice and free speech are well and good. But if you allow people that don't respect those things and just want to dominate you and, and have tyranny over you, then then you're not going to have those principles. Right. And so we've seen, I think, the right get more activated in terms of, you know, boycotts, in terms of, of, of targeting their enemies. Um, you know, in terms of criticizing their enemies, making them targets of criticism. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping in the next few years, we'll start to see more things like that. Something like a, a right wing cancel culture of run, something like uh, pressure on these on these corporations at the level of financial deplatforming. Yeah. Because, you know, corporations got very comfortable with with left wing cancel culture, with pushing wokeism and because the right just tolerated it. Um, it was fine to just appease the, the radical 1% on the left because the right would kind of just go along. But now, as you see, more people start to get activated and say, actually, we're going to be the ones to cancel you if you if you push you know, the, the trans agenda on children and so on. That's something they're not really comfortable with. But for me, one of the big positives was typically on the right, there's this attitude of, I'll throw the person exactly to my right under the bus to protect myself. You know, right. I'll, I'll disavow their views. I'll say that I'm more moderate and that'll keep me safe for now. And that worked for a while. But like I said, the ADL is at a point where it's thrown so many people under the bus that they can get together and pick up the bus. Right. right. And at a certain point, I think this was one case where there wasn't that constant disavowal, there wasn't not trying to associate whatever. This was a collective movement of, OK, we might not agree on immigration. We might not agree on this issue, that issue. We all agree that Twitter and that social media should be a free public square. We all agree that this private unelected citizen, Jonathan Greenblatt, should not be the one to decide what we're allowed to say online. And on this issue, we can be united. And I thought that was a huge positive that you had these establishment conservatives like Charlie Kirk, like uh, Dinesh D'Souza even was, was big on board with it. You people like Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro. I thought it was good that for once the right was united on something where we could actually make ground in terms of there was a clear target. There was a clear issue that needed to be addressed here. And it has gone all the way to Elon Musk. A lot of it is up to Elon next. Will he go through with this lawsuit? I don't know what chance he has of winning. But even the discovery, if that lawsuit were to go ahead, would be a real positive. Yeah. He's also promised the ADL files where we'll find out uh, the extent of their lobbying for censorship. And I think in the case of an organization like the ADL, you know, maybe sunlight is the best disinfectant. We already know that Elon uh, revealed that they lobbied to ban libs of TikTok, Chirachik, uh off Twitter. And I think it would be very interesting what else we would find out in a potential ADL files. Well, it's very exciting, and, and you're right. It has been a victory. I should appreciate the fact that this is sort of unprecedented and, and what hashtag ban the ADL has accomplished in, in terms of awareness and in terms of unifying people on the right. I haven't seen anybody on the right defend the ADL except people like Ron Coleman saying, well, it was okay in the 80s, but beyond that, uh, you're completely right. This has been a massive, massive victory. I just – 
I'm just done being uh, satisfied with with victory. I want total, complete victory. I want uh, you know these people to not have any power anymore. So I just I I love what's happened already. I want to keep it going, and I want to uh, remove uh, from public influence these people who do not have our best interests, do not have the American foundational beliefs, belief in free speech. They're against all of these things. I don't want them having power over our um, tech or over our law enforcement as they do to such an extent. Now, thank you, Keith Woods, uh, for being with us today. Keith Woods YT on Twitter, YouTube, Keith Woods. His substack is Keith Woods Pub. That's Keith Woods P-U-B. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Keith. It's been great to be here. And like I said, Harrison, you were actually one of the first people to promote this to a big audience on, on Twitter X. So you deserve credit for that as well. And yeah, thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we, we do what we can. Uh, like I said, the ADL are not exactly our friends here at InfoWars, which I should mention, we are under massive attack. We are under continuous censorship, whether it's lawsuits and, and legal challenges or our reporters being thrown into prison for their free speech. We are under constant attack and we rely on you, the InfoWarrior out there, to keep us above water, to keep us afloat, to keep us in the fight and facing off against these globalist factions that are trying to destroy us. The best way to do that is to go to InfoWarsStore.com, get one of the supplements, get one of the incredible products that we have, whether it's the air filters, the water filters, the gear, the T-shirts, everything that you buy from InfoWarsStore goes directly into funding this mission to free America from the corrosive influence of non-governmental organizations, governmental organizations, and psychological manipulation being carried out by the globalists. We will continue as long as we possibly can. We are only limited by – uh, the, the actions of our enemies and the gas in our tank. So give us a refill at InfoWarsStore.com. As you know, we are in this till the end. We are all in. We are doubled down on this hand, and we'll play it uh, and you know until we can't anymore. So thank you for supporting us. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to be hosting the first hour of The Jones Show, so I'm going to go prepare for that. Chase Geyser is once again going to sit in here for the last hour, maybe take your phone calls, maybe cover his own stories. Regardless, thank you to Chase for filling in. I'll see you at 11 a.m. Central Time on The Alex Jones Show. Alex will be in a little bit later. Stay with us. The InfoWars Live Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver has finally returned. To celebrate this powerful product's long-awaited homecoming, we're slashing $10 off the asking price, passing the savings on to you. Silver Bullet is the answer to Alex's extensive search for a powerful colloidal silver product that utilizes high-quality processes that has applications for both preparedness and regular use. Concentrated to 30 parts per million in a pure base of deionized water, this survival silver is the perfect fit for you and your family's routine and emergency supply. Colloidal silver is an amazing natural product that can assist your body's many healing processes. Do a deep dive, research the possibilities of colloidal silver yourself, and don't miss out on this limited time offer of $10 off. Try InfoWars Life Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver today. Available right now at InfoWarsStore.com.